back to the JR Takes Sportscast. As always, I am Ryan Rogers alongside Jonah Hoffman. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since we've booted one of these things up, and in those two weeks, the Seahawks have gotten absolutely shellacked by both the 49ers and the Chiefs, and I can't say we didn't see that coming. Um, it's part of why we haven't done an episode in a bit here, just because it's been a little rough. Um, but to start things off on a high note, we're going to have some fun and we're going to be roasting Mark Sessler's uh, quarterback rankings. He does this QB column, uh, the NFL QB index every like Wednesday uh, of the regular season. And right now he has Patrick Mahomes at number one, which I can't really argue with. I mean, we just played against Mahomes a few days ago. I didn't think he looked incredible against us. You know, we I think the Seahawks pass defense actually did a pretty good job uh, slowing down the Chiefs besides Travis Kelsey on that last drive. Um, but the season Mahomes is having is just ridiculous. I mean, he he's going to get like, he might break the passing yardage total this year. Uh, he has a decent chance to do it. Granted that record was set in 16 games, but um, yeah, I, I don't disagree with Mahomes at number one. Um, Can you go back up? Yeah. I don't agree. Disagree with that either. It's where you go down the list where it starts to not make any sense. Agreed. Yeah. And I mean, the rushing touchdown Mahomes had against us was just like, ridiculous that he wasn't was that to... cool ESPN wouldn't shut the fuck up about it I mean and they were like this needed to be on our number one play because Patrick Mahomes put his wrist down on the ground and <laughs> dove for the pylon big fucking deal <laughs> <laughs> I mean I agree with you but it still was like pretty pretty impressive okay next on the list we have Josh Allen at number two um, I don't think this is too egregious, but it is, you know, I I think Josh Allen has been kind of a turnover machine this year is, is the only issue I have with it. Like he's, you know, created a bunch of touchdowns as well, and he's kind of put the team on his back a number of times this year. It almost feels to me like he thinks he needs to do that or something, almost like he's trying to do too much. Yeah, and I don't think that that's the case. I mean, that team is loaded. Mm-hmm. Um, their but, run game is a lot better than I thought it was. Yeah, Devin De- Singletary is not bad, and James Cook is looking pretty decent. Kind yeah. of a split back situation there. Um, but yeah, I would I would definitely be putting Josh Allen top three. So I can't I can't be too upset at uh, Mark Sessler for putting him at number two. Um, but I do think that his number three guy on his list, Joe Burrow, I would put him as number two right now because he's Same. having a phenomenal season. If Gino keeps playing the way that he's been playing, then we might end up uh, having Joe Burrow leading the league in completion percentage at the end of the year because they're pretty neck and neck right now. But Gino's been kind of falling off as our team has been falling off these last few weeks. So there's a chance Joe Burrow might end up, you know, being like top three in touchdown passes and leading the league in completion percentage with five rushing TDs. That's that's pretty impressive. And and that Cincy team has really caught fire lately. Yeah. <clears throat> I remember at the beginning of the year, a lot of uh, just the narrative behind the Bengals was the thought that they would be that Super Bowl hangover team. But it's just been quite the opposite, actually. The Rams were actually that yeah. team. Um, <laughs> the Rams are having, the like, the most pathetic championship defending team or season. Well, y- 
ever. <clears throat> yeah, I think if they lose one more game, they'll be the most lost team following a Super Bowl victory. Yeah, that, that like would a make team sense. With the most losses. Um, the only thing that's kept them from doing that is the emergence of Baker and. Well, they just absolutely fucked up the Broncos. Well, yeah. And Baker's <laughs> looked really good, though. He's he starting to make me feel better. I'm, I'm flipping back on the other side. Like, first I was embarrassed about my Baker take. Well, first I wanted Baker. Then I was embarrassed about Baker. Now I'm like, well, maybe I, maybe I was right. You know, I think what this season has shown to me, considering the way Russell Wilson has played, considering the way Geno Smith has played, and Baker being in the Panthers and the Rams within, you know, just a few games. To me, I think it's really solidified the take that a quarterback situation really dictates their performance. Mm -hmm. You know, look at the Panthers. That organization is a dumpster fire. Coaching sucks. No quarterback has played well for the Panthers this season. You put Baker on a Rams team without a lot of their weapons um, and even with that, with that better coaching staff in LA, he's, he looks like a competent, efficient quarterback. He, you know, he right now, Baker looks to me like how he looked in 2020 on the Browns, um, which is a good quality quarterback. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyways, moving on the list, uh, this is where I start to get a little, little, little bit of an eyebrow raise. Justin Herbert at number four. Um, this is just a no for me. <laughs> As Randy Jackson once said, it's going to be a no for me, dog. Uh, Justin Herbert, number four. Let's just go. Let's just look at the numbers right now. So, okay, 4,254 pass yards, great. Um, 21 pass touchdowns, fine. Not amazing. If anything, I, I'm not impressed with that number, but whatever. Uh, 10 interceptions, average. Four, 146 rushing yards, nothing to freak out over so i mean that's less than 10 rushing yards a game so and seven fumbles so i mean those are just kind of average numbers I if agree. you ask me the, the, yard, the yards and the completion good. percentage completion percentage 68 percent but it, and the yards 4200 but everything else i'm like mm. he's also kind of been captain check down this whole season it's i i think the issues with the chargers lie with the uh coaching staff and the play calling because the guy is the strongest arm in the league, arguably, and he's throwing, you know, two yards past the line of scrimmage most plays in that offense, which is just dumb. But uh, I feel like this ranking is based way more on talent than production, mm -hmm. which I feel like when you're when you're making a quarterback rankings list during the season, it has to be based purely on performance, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Because, I mean, why have the numbers under the name? at all if it's if the numbers don't mean anything and it's based yeah. on the fact that justin herbert can throw the ball 65 yards without taking a step or whatever it was yeah i mean if we're ranking the nfl quarterbacks based on arm talent then joe burrow goes to like 20 and justin herbert goes to maybe number one but i think it's interesting that if you were to bait rank this purely on arm talent three of the top four guys would definitely be top three mm -hmm. um but anyways moving on I don't disagree with this take, actually. Me neither. I think Trevor Lawrence is playing like a top five quarterback right now. I think it has to do with his coach. I think Doug Peterson, one yeah. of the best coaches in the league. I mean, look at how Carson Wentz did under Doug. I really wanted us to 
hire Doug as our OC two years yeah. ago. I'm glad we didn't because Shane Waldron's proving to be pretty good. I don't like what Shane called against the Chiefs on Sunday, but overall he's been solid, I think. I mean, I don't really think we had a chance to win that game anyway. But No, we got our ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I can agree with these numbers. I mean, certainly taking a leap from his struggling rookie season last year uh 24 touchdowns seven interceptions it's really weird how we've kind of seen like 10 years ago seven interceptions in a season that's like insanely good. yeah that was spectacular now that's kind of the norm not it, throwing more than 10 picks in a season it's like it's kind of expected of you yeah i feel like a, a good quarterback season in 2022 is like 30 ish touchdowns 12 or less interceptions and like a pretty good rating and completion percentage and right. a great season is like you have like four interceptions and like 38 touchdowns because mm-hmm. that's kind of how aaron Rodgers and tom brady have played the last couple seasons i don't really i i think fumbles are obviously an important um stat to look at from a negative stance but Mm. i don't think they're as uh meaningful as interceptions per se just because a lot of the times with fumbles it's a quarterback getting strip sacked or you know something that you could blame on someone else why it's happening i think fumbles are a stat that's not as black and white as interceptions are because you know interceptions most of the time unless it's a tip pass on a drop by the receiver or something it's a quarterback mistake. Mm-hmm. Whereas fumbles, like, yeah, I mean, if you just get blindsided hit while you're trying to release the ball on a free rusher that was, you know, blew past the lineman, I don't really put that on the quarterback. But then you think of like the Kyler Murray fumbles where he takes off and scrambles and just and just has does, the ball like in his four inch not hands. protected. <laughs> yeah, just running around with the ball in one hand. Yeah, so that, you know, you put squarely on the quarterback. But I mean, when you just look at the raw number of fumbles, it doesn't tell the whole story. Whereas I feel like interceptions is more fair. Right. Um so anyways, top five overall, decent list. Uh think Justin Herbert's a little high, but not gonna complain too much about it but i am going to complain about this dak prescott at number six best quarterback in the nfc fuck off i i, I couldn't disagree more with him and or with sessler what was this mark sessler yeah couldn't disagree with marky mark more i mean first of all he hasn't played the same amount of games as everyone not that that's even a anything i have an issue with i'm just saying if you're going to put him at number six at least Make it a guy that's been here the whole season. Number yeah. two, um, he has 11 picks since he's returned from injury. That's not good. Yeah, he's been a turnover machine since he came back. He's averaging two TDs and a little over one interception per game. That's mediocre. That's not great. Yeah. <laughs> the completion percentage is good. The yards are pretty good, but the the production, you know, points and turnovers wise is not something I'm, I'm going to be excited about. And I just, I Dak has had good seasons. I don't think he's having a great year this year. I, you know, I think he's pretty mediocre this season. He wouldn't go in my top 10, probably top 14 or so, but the Dak Prescott as the best quarterback of the NFC is, is ludicrous to me. Yeah, I, I actually want to see Kirk Cousins' numbers because I think I would argue he's been the best NFC quarterback. 
Oh, yeah. there he is sitting at number nine. Well, I mean, we'll we'll get back to Kirk, but you just said a glance. Well, much yeah. better. <laughs> yeah. Geno Smith, much better numbers. Um, next on the list is Tua Tagovailoa. Don't really know how to say his last name still. Uh, 64.8 completion percentage, quite a bit of yards. Leading the league in yards per attempt, which is understandable given Tyree Kill and uh, Waddle. They're mm-hmm. insane deep threats and yard after catch machines. Uh, 25 TDs, eight picks. Not really much of a threat to rush on the ground. Um, I think his description of Tua's uh, season, calling it polarizing, is pretty accurate because yeah. a lot of people. You know, are throwing were throwing Tua into the MVP conversation a few weeks ago before they lost some games, and a lot of people think that he's a total system quarterback. I lie somewhere in the middle with him. I think Tua throws with great anticipation and is accurate. Um, and with the offense he's in right now, I mean, did you fault Patrick Mahomes for having Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey in all those MVP seasons? No. So why are we faulting Tua for having Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle? You know, it doesn't seem fair. Yeah, I agree. Um, I will say too, um, to Tua's defense, those eight picks, three of them happened on Sunday. So after he got a concussion, yeah, which we just found out that they didn't. Man, it, are the Dolphins trying to like put Tua in a mental hospital? Because they are not really taking good care of that guy's health at all. It's really sad to see, actually. Yeah, um, I didn't know that. That's that's too bad. Uh, what I was going to bring up, um, going away from the whole concussion thing, was like the Dolphins in their what is it four game skid? They lost uh, four in a row. Three or four, yeah. It might they've, be four, yeah. They've lost to good to a really good team in those four in that four game stretch. They've lost to the Bills, the Niners, uh, the I think the Packers. I think the Packers are going to win out and possibly run the table, as Aaron once said. They've looked like a good team. Ever since the emergence of Christian Watson, that offense has come alive. And the defense was never a problem for the Packers this season. Um, But I forget the fourth team they played. But my point being was, yeah, they've lost four in a row or whatever. But they've lost to four really good teams. So, yeah, I mean, and they've been close games. It's not like they've gotten blown out by anyone. But, um, yeah, I, I think seven feels about right for Tua. Mm-hmm. Um, that I don't really have too much of a problem with that ranking. Yeah, I agree with that. And then we got our boy who's still not writing anyone back. Gino Smith at number eight. Um, I, I think that feels about right for Gino this year. Um, yeah. I know his play has fallen off in recent weeks, but honestly, like Gino has been playing adequate. Our team has just fallen off really hard since, yeah. since the Bucks game. And it seems to be getting worse and not better because now the offense is, is sucking, you know, at least against games like the Raiders, you know, the offense was moving the ball just fine and the defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. But now we have an issue where the defense is mediocre at best and the offense, the wheels have just fallen off. You know, like the offensive line that was overachieving through much of the season has gotten a little banged up. And Austin Blythe looks like he doesn't belong on an NFL roster. The two-headed duo of Gabe Jackson and Phil Haynes at right guard is atrocious. They both look like they need to be cut. 
Um, and the rookie tackles have kind of looked more like rookies recently. Yeah. So you couple that with the fact that all of our running backs have been banged up and Tyler Lockett is out. And what's Geno supposed to do? I mean, uh, there's been some plays he's made out there that I didn't like. Um, I think he's tried to force the ball to DK a little too much in recent weeks. But Mm -hmm. again, this is what happens when a guy starts pressing because he has the pressure of, you know, the literal pressure that the defense is putting on him, but the added pressure of knowing that he has to score on every drive to have a chance. So I think all things considered, Gino has played like a top 10 quarterback this season and eight feels just about right. Uh, Leading the league in completion percentage, almost 4,000 yards. He's likely to surpass that um, in this next game, 27 touchdowns, nine picks. A lot of those picks have come in recent weeks, but um, I'm not going to, you know, freak out too much about them. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think Gino has been a top 10 guy this season. Yeah. Um, I think Gino, obviously in the past couple of weeks, he has come crashing back down to earth sort of, uh, I think you said the other day, kind of resembling more of his New York jet days, not that bad, but he just hasn't really, he's kind of been not the playmaker that we saw early on in the year. And I think, some of that has to do with the run game. Yeah, for uh, sure. Kenneth Walker dancing around in the backfield. I was listening to KJ yesterday, and obviously this makes this is kind of a no shit thing to mention, but <laughs> KJ was saying how one of his favorite things is a, a is a a patient running back because mm-hmm. if he's just gonna stand behind the line of scrimmage, it makes it easier on the linebackers to go in the backfield and get him yeah. because you're just giving them more of an opportunity to get a tackle for loss. So, uh, and then Pete Carroll after the game on, uh, Sunday following the Kansas city game, he, uh, they interviewed Kenneth Walker and Pete Carroll word for word backed up what Kenneth said in the interview. And he said to not be so indecisive with finding holes and, making yeah. cutbacks you know i think that's something he's gonna get better at in time but it didn't feel like this watching the game but kenneth walker got over 100 yards against kansas city well because the second half they finally found the run game but yeah. the first half it was first half was a abysmal. different story yeah yeah i i still think kenneth walker is one of the most talented running backs in the league right now uh, but yeah he definitely it, he it kind of reminds me of some times in rashad penny's rookie season where he's just seemed too eager to bounce it outside instead of finding the hole. But if you go back and watch some of our early games, when Rashad Petty was in, um, I think Kenneth is more physically talented, but Rashad Penny right now is a better runner. He's more decisive. He's better at just like finding the hole and hitting it. Um, so I'm looking, I hope we re-sign Rashad Penny and get him back for next season. Cause the one, two punch of those two guys really makes our offense dangerous, but moving on to number nine, uh, Kirk cousins, Kirk has actually had kind of a down year compared to his last few seasons. I know he gets shit on a lot, but if you look purely at the numbers, you'd wonder why Kirk isn't in like hall of fame discussions. Cause he's had a great career statistically phenomenal career. Um, and the Vikings have a absolute freak second coming of Randy Moss at receiver and Justin Jefferson, which you know, you almost wonder why his numbers aren't bigger being Kirk Cousins because he has that guy to throw to every play. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I, I think nine feels about right for Kirk Cousins. I would certainly put him and Gino over Dak Prescott. Yeah, nine seems about right, I guess. I, I Again, I would put him ahead of Dak, but then again, I wouldn't have put Dak at six to begin with. But one thing, I know this isn't really like based on this list at all, but like when I think of the Minnesota Vikings this season, they've been blown out. Like yeah. embarrassingly blown out a couple times. Let me check something real quick because last I checked, they still had a negative. They do point because differential. they have the they have eleven one score wins, which is the most in NFL history. Okay, so they're finally above water. They have a net point differential of five, <laughs> but. At 12 and three, having that, it, they kind of remind me of the 2019 Seahawks because we started off 10 and two and we had like a plus two point differential. Like we were mm-hmm. kind of an overachieving bad team. I that think year. we're, we had 10 uh, one score victories that year. We did. We just surpassed that, or they just surpassed us. Yeah. That was, I mean, and that was one of the craziest seasons ever to watch because Wilson had so many game winning drives. It was just, crazy but right. look what happened to us in the playoffs we got fucked up by the packers um so i i the the vikings scream a one and done or divisional round out playoff team to me this year um and part of that is on kirk cousins but still i mean getting to the playoffs having good numbers is is top 10 worthy in my opinion the, uh, to me it's kind of weird they almost seem like they do seem like that team, the team that you think, oh, they'll be one and done. No one believes in them. And then they just, for some reason, go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I could see that I could happening. see them doing that, too. So That's like how the Giants were in their two Super Bowl runs with Eli. It's kind of how the Bengals were last year. I felt like they could have just lost immediately, but then they just got hot and beat everyone. I think I picked them to lose immediately in my playoff bracket. Yeah. Um, number 10, Justin Fields. So Justin Fields ascension has been nuts lately. You know, that bears team is not very good, but he is honestly, as a runner, he looks as good as Lamar did during his MVP season. And he's missed a couple games, but he's already at a thousand eleven rush yards and eight rushing touchdowns on the season, which is historic. That's only those kind of numbers have only been hit by two other guys and Vic and Lamar Jackson. So I'm going to I'm going to pump the brakes on Justin Fields personally. I don't I'm not a believer in his passing game. Um I just we don't need to see one more season of him playing at this level and and winning. Not just running for x amount of yards and still losing 31 to 14. I would really like to see what he could do with an actual good supporting cast. Well, that's what I was saying. I think uh, going back to the draft, and if the Bears do have a higher pick than us, why would they take a defensive guy? They need like a playmaker at the receiver position. It, it would kind of make sense for them to trade down to a quarterback needy team. Or and then trade pick. their pick for a receiver like the Titans did. Yeah, that would make sense. That would definitely make sense. I think there's a couple guys in this draft that people are pretty high on. You know, Ohio State puts out great receivers every year. And yeah, that might have been a guy that he played with. Um, but no, I, I, I think 10 might be a little high for Justin Fields right now. But I do think just as far as like a quarterback, I would not want to play against right now. He's dang near the top of the list just because he's so hard to stop, especially the Seahawks defense. Yeah, that would 
that would be miserable. Um, next on Mark's list, we got Aaron Rodgers at 11. It, this actually feels about right. Uh, he's had a really, for Aaron Rodgers standards, it's been his worst season ever. You know, you go all the way back to his rookie season is the last time he threw over 10 picks. Uh, that's He's made his name as being like the most efficient quarterback in NFL history. Um, but again, I think the Packers, since they've had Christian Watson really like become a threat for them, um, they've looked like a much better team. And if they run the table here and get to nine and eight, uh, they almost certainly will be in the playoffs. And that's a team I wouldn't want to play. No, especially not in the NFC. It's a different story if they make it all the way to the Super Bowl. I, I'm not sure that the Packers could beat the Chiefs, Bills, or Bengals. Um, however, the NFC is wide open. I could see the Packers running the table. And, I mean, who would they play in the first round if they, they play the... They'd likely be the seventh seed, so they would play the number two seed. So that's the, the Niners, Vikings, I think. Or no, no, yeah, it would be the Niners. One of the two, which... Yeah, I guess, no, it would be the Vikings right now, but if they drop another game, I think it would be the Niners. Because remember, the Niners have four losses. Vikings only have three. I think the the 49ers are the best team in the league right now, but... They would would probably end up playing the Niners because if if they win out, they have to beat the Vikings next week. And do the Vikings have the tiebreaker over... San Fran? I'd have to look at the conference tiebreakers. I don't know. But um well yeah, so I feel like if the Packers play the Niners, that's not a recipe for success for them because well the Packers are what right behind us as far as the most yards given up rush yards given up this season. Oh, they've had a hard time stopping the run. Yeah, yeah. I didn't so, realize that. Yeah, so, then that's not gonna fare so, well for them at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I think the Packers could definitely beat a team like the Vikings for sure. The way they're playing right now. Yeah. I think honestly, like I don't think they would beat the Niners, but like stranger things. If there's any, if there's any dark horse team in the NFC, that's going to make a run. I think it would be green Bay. Um, And I also think, I mean, as much as you want to give the Packers the advantage for playing in Lambeau field, I think they'd be better off playing on the road. Because they won on the road when they went to the Super Bowl and won it. That's true. And they and like they to, they like to, to pass. choke at home all the time in the playoffs. They do, and they love to pass. So, I, I don't know. Lambeau in January, not the most ideal passing conditions. Definitely not. And if you can't stop the run, you don't want to play in the snow. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, next on the list is Jared Goff, who's quietly having a phenomenal season. Um, I don't think the Lions need to draft a quarterback with their high pick at all. I think they should just commit to Goff. The guys, he's our age. He's 28. If the Lions draft another wrecking ball on their defensive line, they will be pretty scared. If they end up with Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, pa- pairing them with Aiden Hutchinson is going to be fucked up. Like the Lions could seriously make some noise in 2023, I think. Which yeah, they're I, off- I'm all for it. I want a good is already, team. Is already a top five offense. Yeah. So yeah, Monroe St. Brown, Jameson Williams coming back from injury looks legit. So I, I think if the Lions are really gonna turn this thing around and become a decent franchise, like just stick to golf. There's you, there's no reason to 
rebuild with a rookie quarterback when you have all these good pieces around a solid quarterback. He also... I would put Jared Goff over uh, Dak Prescott easily right now, by the way. I don't know if it was career or since the trade, but uh, one of the two, he has better numbers than... uh, Stafford? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which I think is pretty ironic. I know. It's kind of funny that the Rams, like give up on a guy for an older guy and it's worked out the way i mean they won a super bowl so you can't call it a bad trade but i feel like going forward it might look not so hot yeah uh next on the list this is another one i'm I'm gonna slap the wtf stamp on brock purdy at 13 no just no (laughs) the guy has played seven games he's been the epitome of a game manager and he's done a great job managing the game but like I wouldn't put him any higher than twenty. Who who's who's he ha- uh, who's he ahead of right now? A lot of people. He, they Brady? put him over Tom Brady. <laughs> Honestly. Also, so this list doesn't include Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts it, it didn't play that week. Yeah. So I would I would probably put Hurts as the number one NFC quarterback Same. this year. Um but I don't even really feel like we need to discuss pretty yeah, much. After <laughs> scrolling past Brock Purdy, no one's name is of relevance. Daniel Jones at 15. That seems about right. And anything past that just doesn't really need to be mentioned. You know, in, in Brady has okay numbers this season, but I, I feel like he's been pretty mid, as the kids say. Um, I would put him over Brock Purdy still, though. That's just That's just... I, I I can't put a guy that's only played seven games above Tom Brady right now. That's just that's just silly. Uh, you might as Jones. well put me ahead of Tom Brady at that point. <laughs> uh, Daniel Jones of fifteen. I mean, I guess he's been really boring, but not bad. Yeah, I I, I really don't have much to say about him other than he is a he is a man that plays quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> He is one of the quarterbacks of all time. Yeah. Uh, Gardner Minshew at 16. I feel like we can just, I mean, I love Gardner Minshew, but we don't need to mention any more of these names. I agree. (laughs) Derek Carr. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Derek Carr at 17. I think that's even being kind to him. Honestly, we've had a lot of quarterbacks play bad this season. So I guess he's been the best of the worst. So maybe that feels right. But yeah, I, I you got to wonder if the Raiders are going to think about drafting a quarterback in this draft. Yeah. Like, I don't know. They got a lot of issues. They do. But I mean, Derek Carr is not getting any younger. Yeah. I think he'll sign with someone else. Okay. These next guys I'm going to spend less time on because I don't care about most of them. Uh, Andy Dalton at 18. Sure. He's been... They they used to call it the Dalton scale where every year Andy Dalton was ranked as like the 16th best quarterback. So if you had a quarterback that was ranked higher than Andy Dalton, they were good. And if they were ranked lower than Andy Dalton, they were bad. <laughs> you know, 12 years later, I feel like that's still kind of the case. <laughs> um, they got Baker at 19. I would put Baker ahead of Andy Dalton. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I would too, but you, I guess if we're judging it off the whole season, I mean, Baker was dog shit with well the i mean we're not though because jalen hurts isn't on this list so if we're basing it on last week he blew the fucking broncos out of the water yeah <laughs> yeah okay i agree with you then 
Kenny Pickett at 20. <laughs> I just, again, this is another guy I don't really know what to say about. I don't know what the Steelers saw in him to pick him in the first round, frankly. Um, five passing touchdowns in 11 games. That's that's pretty putrid, <laughs> in that's my opinion. That's not good. Uh, not having a great rookie season, so whatever. He's also gotten kind of fucked up. Yeah. Which doesn't surprise me because you look at him and he's not a very big guy. So. No, they call him Kenny Kitten Mittens P- Pickett <laughs> for a reason. Uh, Sam Darnold, I don't even want to talk. Who calls him that, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on. <laughs> Deshaun Watson, I don't even think I'd put him at 22. He's playing awful with the Browns. He looks terrible. And like, it, it's been a long time since his 2020 season like that situation is just so absurd to me that they gave up what they gave for him and gave him that fully guaranteed almost quarter of a billion contract there especially with him being so misogynistic all right that's it for this episode (laughs) (laughs) uh anyway sure I don't even want to talk about Mac Jones. He still doesn't have... That's insane that he doesn't have 10 passing touchdowns with 12 games on the season. I don't know if the Patriots, like, made a mistake with him or if just their offense is that bad. Dude, I think it's the offense. I think it is the offense. I didn't realize he was their offensive coordinator until, like, three weeks ago. Yeah, it's... I don't know why they thought that that would work. Well, uh... I feel like it's like an arrogance thing. Like I feel like Bill Belichick thinks because ever like he was dubbed the goat from his 20 or two decades of six Super Bowls in New England that he just thinks he can do whatever he wants. He was like, "Oh, we'll just make my son be the D coordinator, yeah. the whatever and have our old D coordinator be the offensive coordinator. It'll work." Like I don't know. The the arrogance is strong with with that one in New England, in my opinion. Yeah, I I I agree with you. I think they just need to get an actual offensive coordinator that knows what he's doing. Um, so I just scrolled to the the bottom of the list here, and I do have to say, I mean, Wilson is having an absolutely dog shit season, but. I wouldn't put him below Trace McSorley or Tyler Huntley. I wouldn't put him below Nick Foles. Nick Foles had one of the worst games I had ever watched on Monday. Yeah, I would put Russell Wilson right below Mac Jones right now at at, at 25. Um, I think, like, I get it, but I... Russell Wilson at 31. I mean, just look at it objectively. Like, yeah, it's it's awful. It's an awful season. It's, It's one that... You know, he's he's never going to be able to live down unless he turns this around. Zach Wilson at 32 is fine. He's the worst. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think they're being a little harsh to Wilson here. Bias aside, I Desmond Ritter looked barely like he belonged in the NFL. Davis Mills, terrible. Malik Willis is a running back right now. Like, come on. Yeah. Um, but that, that pretty much wraps up Mark Sessler's list uh overall i give him a c for his list what what do you think uh i give him an f <laughs> no uh, no i'm just kidding uh yeah he gets like a c i would say 
Just because for his basic answers, get he got he got the basic ones correct, but he also messed up on some of the basic answers. I think. Yeah, I feel like he didn't have a single based opinion in in this whole list. To yeah. be honest, um, but yeah, that was fun. Uh, took up some time to avoid talking about the Seahawks situations where situation where we find ourselves at seven and eight after being six and three. Uh, after that Chargers game, I really thought this team had a chance to be something special because the defense was playing great. The offense looked like a top five unit. Gino looked excellent. And it was really a mirage. I don't know how we managed to make the defense play so well for those four few weeks. But ever since whatever switch was flipped on has been turned off, like this team looks about how we expected in the offseason, you know, total lack of talent on both lines front seven is not great um there's just all sorts of problems you know it's it's it can't all be fixed in one off season so the 2023 draft is looking like it's just as important as the 2022 one was where we need to nail like six of these picks to have a chance to be good next year i want to say i'm starting to change my mind about what we should do with our first pick oh yeah Think we should get Bryce Young. Yeah, I don't I think really we're going to we have a chance to. If the Texans, for whatever reason, don't take him, I just feel like, like you look at Trevor Lawrence right now, mm-hmm. and he was like the clear cut generational talent when he got drafted, and last year you were like you saw him, and I don't know about you, but I was like, wow, this guy is really like. Whoever won, he's the next Peyton Manning, seriously. Like, yeah, I didn't look like that to me. And now this year, I'm finally starting to see, oh, like things are starting to click around him and he, they're starting to win, like because of him, not in spite of him. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm just like, if we could get that generational talent and Bryce Young, I mean, I've, wa- I was watching highlight film of him the other day. He, is he is he your top quarterback in this class? Yeah, I would take him over C.J. Stroud for really? sure. Really? Yeah, I th- I would much rather have C.J. Stroud than than Bryce Young personally. Like I I think Bryce Young is really good, but I just think he's too small personally. I don't I don't think that's something that that can't be changed. I I mean I just uh, like he's already had a few injuries in college due to his size. I I that's that's my biggest thing with him is like I I don't see him being able to bulk up enough to to compensate for that. I, he he looks great, but I just want us to have a big quarterback. Based on how I've seen Geno play, like after all the years of Russ, like it was fun, it was awesome. But I think when you have someone that, you know, can stand in the pocket and deliver strikes over the middle without having to, you know, just just being taller, like I'm a little more interested in that for the, for the quarterback prospect, but um I, I wouldn't hate it. Like, I, I wouldn't be upset if we picked Bryce Young for sure. But I think the best two players in this draft are Jalen Carter and Will Anderson. So for me, it's simple. Whichever one of those guys is available, pick one of them and I won't be upset. Um, but if we did take CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, I'd be, I would be intrigued. I would be very It would intrigued. be exciting. Yeah. Like, because you- we still have that other first round pick that we can use on defense. So I wouldn't hate it. Um, I would hate if we, if we picked Will Levis or, uh, that other guy, 
uh, Tanner McKee. I have no interest in Tanner McKee. Those two guys in the first round, I will be pissed. The only quarterbacks in this draft I really like are Young, Stroud, and Anthony Richardson, purely as a prospect. Richardson is not going to be able to play next season. He's not ready, but uh, he's only 21. So, Um, but I also have been thinking, I think with our first or second round picks, one of the four, we should take a receiver. I think we really, really need help at receiver because look at how our offense looked without Lockett. I think DK is great, but teams just double him. And when we don't have a number two that can routinely get open the way Tyler Lockett can, it's like, it's really hard to move the ball. Yeah. So I, I would definitely be down to take one of these like uh, super talented guys. And uh, anyways, uh, one last thing before we wrap up here, uh, we got a game against the Jets this weekend. How do you think it's going to go? I think we're going to win. Um, I'm bummed out that Zach Wilson's not playing. I know. I wanted to play Zach Wilson so bad. Uh, God, he is just a little douchebag, isn't he? Yeah. I didn't <laughs> I didn't think that. I, I, I didn't really think that until this year. And then seeing him answer questions. And I don't know. Maybe maybe it's. Maybe it's the media shaping him and and making the narrative and ha- having the light on him. Maybe they're it, it's making him look like a kind of a shitty guy. But I mean, it he, doesn't look like he knows how to handle responsibility. It it doesn't it doesn't yeah it doesn't look like he knows how. First of all, to lead a group of men. Mm-hmm. I mean the the what we have the the footage and evidence of that speaks for itself in post game press conferences yeah um and so it's a bummer though i like you don't want to see someone go through that i'm sure it's not easy or and i'm sure they don't probably don't feel great yeah knowing that i i feel bad for him because he's a kid and he's like what 23 yeah. like he's not yeah. a, he's not an old guy at all but that being said i cut him for a backup kicker on my dynasty fantasy team. So what does that tell you? Um, I, I, I don't, yeah, I think we're going to, I think we're going to win even if they play Mike white, because I mean, are you a Mike white truther? Do you think they should stick to him? Yeah, I am. Um, but I just, I just don't think we're going to lose. I think, I think Gino is going to have something to prove against his old team. And, I think that the the flash in the pan of of the Jets being good this year, I think that's all it was. Uh, I think they're about a five hundred team. Yeah, I think they're 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 getting better though. They're like where they should be in their rebuild. They're kind of like where we're at. I would say. Yeah, I think um, um, I, I I would still rather be us than the Jets because fuck the Jets. But um, yeah, I I think that's a fair assessment. All I want out of Sunday's game is for Tariq Woolen to pick off Mike White and for DK to burn Sauce Gardner. Yeah, I, that would be nice. I, it's got I was wondering about that the other day. Like, what a guy like DK, this is what, third or fourth year in the league? Fourth, yeah. Fourth. At going up against a prospect like that, you got to think like, okay, I'm going to fucking dominate you the whole game. Get he, ready. Ha- <laughs> he has like 30 pounds of muscle on Sauce, so... That I think is going to be a factor yeah. in, in that matchup because DK seems to have more issues with like the corners that are willing to just 
fight him essentially. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I I think we win the game. Um, I think if we lose the game, we we well, if we lose the game, the season is over. We have to win out to have a chance at the playoffs. So, yeah. Um, at the very least, if we lose, we can finally just start talking about the draft and the draft only and not mm-hmm. worry about the playoffs. But um, I, I like us to win. I like us to win out and maybe sneak in. Um, so that's that is my prediction. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks again for tuning in. This has been JR Takes Sportscast signing off. Yep. Thanks for listening.